It's Wednesday morning and we are back with another episode of Rip Through It. Um, welcome, Sean Tobin. No, welcome you, Marcus Ashcroft, <laughs> medalist. Congratulations. That's uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, our yeah. first big win. For, it's our first it's award. It's our first big win, the first it's award. Our, it's our first award on the People's Podcast. Yeah. I joked about it this you time did, last week. Did. And um, I think the markets had you around $40, which uh, was... Reasonable value in the end. Too I mean, bad. that's yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's that's not too bad for anyone that might have explored that. But yeah, you got um, that off your chest, so we can uh, we can move on from that. Oh, now. absolutely. So I no, 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 no. I came to, in with a no, no, no. I came in. I've been I've been looking forward <laughs> to this since Saturday. I went down to the game, as you know, and yeah. Um, I uh, I joked to I joked to my friend who I was there with. I said midway through the third quarter, I said Robert has a chance here. I mean, obviously wanted to wanted both sides to do well, of course. Um, sure but uh, when we joked about it on on uh, uh, Monday last week or Wednesday last week, and I thought midway through the third quarter, I'm like, "You're a sneaky chance here." And by the fourth quarter, I was I was yeah. riding at home. I mean, yeah. it, it was a it was a game within a game. Uh, it, was, it would have been for you, but you didn't ask for any tickets. So I was like, "Did he actually go or not?" That's what no, I was no, no, no. Unless man, you got some, on, you got some hookups on the inside of the goal. Oh, oh you probably still yeah. got your swiper. Uh, yeah. Oh, but, well, no, nah, that does that, that. They cut that pretty quickly. <laughs> but um, no, I was there, mate. No, I was there. I was looking forward to it. It was a good game. We spoke on the morning and yeah, um, good conditions for footy. It was, I it mean, was. it was it was good condi- conditions. But um, did were you, were you at all surprised when when your name was read out? I actually forgot they did that thing. I thought like they were just going to give us a trophy. So yeah. when I was um in the in the circle with the boys at the end, then they they called out the name. Then I was like, oh shit, I forgot they give out they give a medal. Like I just thought it was for the the first Anzac Day type games, not yeah. the ones on the weekend. So I didn't really think about it too much. But then um, when I got it, I was actually very very surprised that more so that they you know receive a medal. But I was actually um, I just was playing my role during the day. Like biggest cliche is playing my role, but that's actually what I was doing and. I was actually a little bit wiggy because at the start I missed a couple of easy shots at goal that I usually put through. Oh, the middle. Uh, I was filthy. Oh yeah. well, yeah. So you think you were? Um, I wasn't. I wasn't wrapped with that. So um, I kind of when I got that goal on the run, I was like, oh, thank God for that because I've been trying to get some goals this year and uh, yeah. it finally came off. But no, it was a good game. Uh, it was really good for um, us to get a win over over them, um, especially at their deck. And as I was talking about just off air before that, it was a it's a big game for us internally and as a club because. We lost that. We could have gone three and three, and yeah. you know, it would have been not panic stations, but it would have been a bit, um, a bit like, oh, what's next type thing. Um, obviously, we got the win. We're four and two now. Um, we got Sydney, who play a similar brand of footy, and we got them this week at the Gabba. So Saturday night, it's going to be hopefully a big game. We haven't beaten them for ten years, man. Yeah. Ten yeah. years. Yeah, it's crazy. That crazy. But enough about the team. About you. Uh, <laughs> you'd be all Australian squad member at this stage oh, of the year. Mate. You, you are flying. Nah. You are getting there. We might have to start a campaign on the Rip Through Up Show. All those viewers. To, to get all those you listeners. in there. Nah, uh, um, it's going well so far. It's going pretty good so far this year. Um, I played a majority of roles already. Um, that's the, probably the, the thing that I can hang my hat on. I was going to play multiple positions, and uh, I you know, started on the wing uh, at the start of the year, and. Um, a couple of midfield coaches came up to me during the week and said, look, it's going to be a, a pretty hot game early, so we yeah. want to get you in the midfield and um, try and search the ball forward and get the ball going um, in our direction towards goal and try and lock it in there. Because we know Gold Coast play that saturation-type brand of footy, um, very, very contested, and um, it's a big scrap, especially the early days. So we watched a little bit of the Adelaide game and how they kind of um, keep pounding the rock type thing, and the game usually opens up towards the end of the game. We, we feel like we're a very fit team. I've mentioned that many mm. times that we've... We're a pretty fit squad and we can run our game. So it worked out well in our favour. Obviously, we missed a lot of shots in the first half, which kind of made it a lot closer than we thought it should have been. But 
It's good. It's good to yeah. have Queensland footy actually competitive. Oh, one hundred percent. I've said that for years. I mean, yeah. obviously, I worked at the Suns for six years, and I want to see that football club do well. And so, um, well, they're you three know, and three, and we're four and two. So uh, yeah, and, and I think for both teams, that's great. before the start of the season, if you said that that was going to be your records, I would have said you're joking. You're, mate. you're, you're, you're taking that every day of the week. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so no, it's exciting. We've got a lot to talk about this week. So where do we start first? Where do we start first? What, what, what do we got? Uh, what do we got? So we got. There's obviously a couple big talking points, but. One that's close to my heart is probably the umpires. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I know we we're talking about this over the weekend, and we we're yeah. pretty keen to, to chat about this. And a lot's been made, hasn't yeah, it, in yeah, the last yeah. couple it's, of it's days? A, it's a very hot topic, and I want to tread carefully because umpires themselves are under a lot of stress and duress at the moment, especially after was it Wednesday night's Anzac game or yeah. the Thursday? Oh, would have been uh, Essendon Collingwood. Essendon Collingwood was on the Thursday. On the Thursday, um, and there's been a lot lot mentioned about that, and it's been you know front back page of the newspapers and it's been very you know, highly regarded in terms of um, where that sits and the wrong calls, right calls. But I, th- I think it's a tough one because we can talk about them going pro, um, being professional uh, in the in the caper and do they get the calls right or wrong. And I know for a fact that they're not trying to make the wrong call. They're, they're not actually going after, oh, this team's, you know, I want Collingwood to win or yeah. I want Essendon to win this, you know, even at that ledger of things. So... They're going to make some wrong calls um, and they do review their games pretty much straight away. So I'm not too sure. I'm not sure. Like, what do you think about it? Because obviously, obviously yeah. you've worked in the media for a long time and you see, you see a lot of games. And what's your thoughts on the whole thing? They've got the most thankless and hardest job in the game, um, which I, I don't think anyone takes away. And I think we all acknowledge that they do an incredible job. You've got to love the um, game to be an umpire, don't you? Yeah, because 100%. Because 100%. It's, a, it's, a, it's a hobby. It has to be a hobby or they've got a passion yeah. for the game. But but what, what we are seeing is they have never been this vocal through yeah. the media landscape. I mean, they have never spoken out as loudly as they are doing right now and... You know, I know that their reviews are now becoming more and more publicly accessible. 100%. I mean, they're, they're, they're coming out. They've, they've never been this defensive. Yeah. And I think within there maybe lies the problem, you know, that the fact that they're drawing so much scrutiny to themselves that people are then feeding that and fueling that. Mm. Um, but I've never seen them this vocal. So I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing. I've always maybe thought that of all stakeholders in the game, and there's many, um, that there is likely going to need to be, um, oh, I suppose, some understanding that they're always going to cop it harder than the fans or the players yeah. or the coaches. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of an element that I think they just need to harden up a little bit. Yeah, okay, um, I agree with that. But I, th- I think, yeah. um, obviously... But I understand yeah. their concerns, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I get where they're coming from. You go through time and they've always been criticised heavily. Um, they can turn or turn a game or... No, no one's going to see eye to eye with them. Like nobody yeah. is. Especially if their team feels like they've got you know the the wrong rubber the green type thing at the moment. So um, currently, like so as I mentioned before, it's a hobby for them, or you know they passionately love the game. Um, because I, I did speak to an umpire during the week just to get his thoughts on you know how it's all going and you know the stresses and all that kind of stuff that goes along with it. And I just started talking about um, you know would you do you think that you should go professional? And he was kind of adamant that he wouldn't. Well, I don't, he didn't think it would be that great for the game and great for umpires especially because. They do have a full-time job outside of work usually, um, and they, if we did go professional, then they'll probably lose a few senior umpires because they can't do both. Um, and he, he kind of mentioned that they they couldn't do any more than they're doing right now. So they train twice a week, um, usually Tuesday and Thursdays. They, they have a harder preseason than us. Like they they yeah. run some Ks. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, they don't weigh as much as us, but they, they definitely train hard. And, yeah. um, and they clock up on game day, too. They clock up on game day, so <laughs> I'd love to get a track on them, see how they go. But, um, yeah, so I think the first year is, like, the first year umpires earn about 30K in match payments. Second year is about 40K in match payments. Third year is 60 and upwards. Um, match payments usually two grand a game um around that area and you know finals is significantly more like get a lot more for that cops because it's a bigger stage etc but yeah um they do review probably 30 minutes with the with their coach um during the week at some stage yep. so the only the only thing that he said they can get better at is probably the interpretations and more doing more vision which as afl player i understand that because you know we do endless amounts of vision um watching opposition um the new rule we do watch rules of the games and then we go implement that in training we practice that so for them, I think definitely vision they could get better at. Um, but in saying that, take a step back, take a breath and not kind of expect the whole world to kind of, you know, back them up the whole time because they are a big part of our game. And I think like they kind of got a bit pissed off about the fact that the AFL didn't come out and back them. Yeah. Especially last week because it was so publicly scrutinised, that game. Yeah. Um, and it probably probably for them, it felt like the world was against them. Yeah. And, and, and they came off the ground feeling as though they did a really good job. Yeah, because they reviewed and they said, yeah. they reviewed off the game and they thought that they got most of the calls right. Yeah. You're going to get calls wrong. Yeah. Players get a lot of things wrong. You can't mm. expect umpires to get 100% accuracy with their, with their calls. And, um, and I think it was a bit filthy that I think it's Luke Ryan or... I think it's something I think, Ryan. Yeah, I think that's I think something Ryan right. K came out and said. Um, he did his own you know, kind of press conference because yeah. went rogue. Yeah, <laughs> it pretty much did because <laughs> the, the umpires have a, the association. They have the umpires association yeah. as well, so they have um, a little governing body there that they all probably converse with and talk about what, what the next steps are. And I think they kind of wanted the big brother in terms of the AFL to come out and trying to back them up, but it didn't happen. And I think that's what kind of pissed them off a little bit. And um, now you kind of seen a little bit of backlash and a little bit of um, negativity around the umpires at the moment. So yeah. I know it's a tough one, man. They've got a very hard job, and I think they can scrutinise more than AFL players at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, and I think the one thing that um, you know is really difficult. And again, we, we spoke about this before, but um, you, you know they, they are professional umpires, mm. but they don't lead professional lives. They've yeah. all got you know umpiring is their second job. Yeah, you know it's a hobby, as you mentioned, yeah. and so. I think it would be difficult to turn them um, into professionals full time because I think they would stand to lose money. Yeah. Um, because they probably earn a lot more than they do exactly. working their nine to five. So exactly. I, I think the game has to appreciate how tough the roles are. But I think equally the umpires need to to understand that it comes with the territory a bit. I yeah. think. Um, and you know you just have to be understanding that. You're going to make mistakes. And, and it's okay to say that. You yeah. know, it's okay to come out and say, we made a mistake. I don't, I can't remember one time where an umpire has come out and said, we got that wrong. Yeah, um, I've probably noticed the, the head of the, the umpires, I can't remember his name now, but he, 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 he kind of comes out and says, yes or no, yes, that was right, no, that yeah. was wrong. But, that, but on the, I would love to just see how they review. Mm. That, I think it'd be a really good insight how they review the game. Um, as I said, they do a 30-minute review or catch up with the coaches and they'd review the game during the week. But um, it's kind of stressful for them too because I was speaking to, as I said, speaking to a, my source um, and he kind of mentioned that um, you get a little bit wiggy towards going into the games and by wiggy I mean they get a bit nervous and rattled. Um, yeah. Especially um, they get told probably a week beforehand that they get dropped. Yeah. And then they umpire that weekend. So it's like saying, Mitch... Yeah. Um, on the Thursday, look, you play this week, but you're not playing next week. So it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter what I do in the game. I'm not playing the week after. So yeah. for him, it's a bit tough, and I guess they go into the game a bit rattled. Um, 
but that's why we've got the best some some of the best umpires in the world and um they got the guys at the top top of the top of the class they're they're really good and i think it's a little bit of a gap they got a bridge in that regards and this seems to be a bit of a regular chat on this podcast um last week we had media versus the players yep you do remember that obviously yep. um it just seems to be something that keeps popping up a little too much for my liking to be honest yeah so i need to ask you about this because Let's call it media accountability. Yeah, okay. Which I think is is the theme that's building. Yeah. Um, it's being campaigned by Patrick Dangerfield, the AFL Players Association. Yeah. Um, Paul Marsh, AFL Players, uh, AFLPA CEO. Um, a lot is being made about players calling out journalists. I reckon that's probably the, the number one talking yeah. point in the game right now. Yeah. Last week, an interesting exchange between Tom Brown and, and Jack Rewald on, yeah, on Twitter, yeah, and yeah. it so sparked that caught, that caught my eye. Yeah, it, it sparked a few uh, sparked a few discussions, and I saw you give it a cheeky like as well. Oh, I liked it. Yeah, I, it's a tough one because players know when when the journalists are wrong because obviously we know internally what what how it works and what happens. Um, this one's a big one because Rewald's obviously a big name in the game. And whatever he says, you know, we'll have some standards with it, and, and take a lot of media, obviously, with it. Um, so for him to call out a journo and be that strong about it, it's, it's obviously going to be a talking point around around Australian, around the AFL community. So it's a it's a big one in terms of um, how much do they actually get right, and how much accountability there actually is. Um, you can go back in time, and you can talk to pretty much any player. I reckon they've had something written about him that's probably. Not 100% true. And I think what's making it worse right now is it's not what's the truth, it's what's first and what gets out first. So I said on a podcast recently that it was, um, I think it was about two journos to each player in the AFL, especially in Melbourne where it's such a you know footy bubble. Um, up here is a little bit different because we know our reporters very well up here because they're at our trainings and there's only three or four of them. in Andrew Hamilton, um, Michael Whiting and uh, what's Greg's name? Davis, Greg yeah, Davis. Greg Davis. Yes. So yeah, he's yep. um. So that's pretty much the three up here yeah, that we work yeah. with. So um, we know them pretty well, and I just hate the word sources. That's the word. Like I've got my sources, and yeah. the way that Tom Brown talked, it was a little bit arrogant. The way that he was talking about, um, come on, don't disrespect me, um, don't question my integrity. Yeah. I've got plenty of sources up my sleeves. Act, and it kind of, I didn't like it. It was a very arrogant, very defensive. I was, yeah. Um, so. and, and I don't know Tom, so this is this is you know. But this topic is. Perfect for you because obviously you worked at the Gold Coast Suns for five years as a media manager yep. and along those lines of what gets out and what the sources actually mean. Can yeah. you, like just for the fans out there, what does sources yeah. mean? Yeah, so I, I suppose as you would know, we've got you know a number of close reporters up here in, in Queensland and in Melbourne and, and South Australia and Perth and um, you know it is really difficult because I, I'm probably different to you in the sense that it's not sources that upsets me. Yeah. It's when you see staff writers. You know, when yeah, you go okay, on a... So there's uh, no name yeah, to it. Yeah, you know, when there's just no name to it. And, and I actually think that's taking journalism back. Because yeah. I've always said I will never not good journalism. Yeah. I think good journalism is a part of our game. Uh, our game is built on the back of media consumption. Um, but it can be really difficult. And I think there's never been more of a divide. I've never seen more of a divide between the media... And the players yeah. in the game. Uh, I don't think like it's ever been this bad. It feels like it right now. It does. Yeah. Um, and as I was mentioned, not for us because we we don't deal with Queenslanders. But um, in terms of it's about keeping people accountable. Uh, we can always talk about you know the AFL job. We we get scrutinised for every little thing we do, um, especially in the public. We we took on the responsibility that we're in the public eye and we're figures in the public, and you know we are role models for the kids and ge- like generations coming up, and the way we handle ourselves. Um, you know, with truth and honesty, it's a big thing. And 
obviously that's something I've learned over my career, being delisted from Colton for evidently lying about a situation I was put in. Um, I think there needs to be some sort of accountability, and that word's going to yeah. come up a lot, I reckon. Yeah, but it's being driven from the AFL players group. I mean, we've seen Paul Marsh and Dangerfield in the last week. I mean, they've campaigned for this for so long, and I know... Give us an insight. I mean, we're hearing that Paul Marsh and the AFL Players Association uh, went to all clubs during the summer and yep. said this was going to be one thing that we're going to pick yep. out throughout 2019. And, yeah. and lo and behold, it's exactly what's been done. Yeah, so has that, did that happen? Did that did Yeah, that yeah. so place? the AFLPA, they um, they travel to each AFL club, obviously, and um, Paul Marsh, they do a big one at the start of the year before the season starts and they will sporadically visit during the year when things pop up, you know, talk about CBA and future negotiations and and um, do a few surveys to see where mental health is and what sits in the players' hearts in terms of going forward. And obviously, media accountability always pops up. Um, and it's not just from a single player. It's from, you know, the group. So it's a big one for us in terms of that. And uh, we obviously spoke about keeping them accountable in terms of um, having a strike policy, um, demerit points type things. You want to think about that. So we've, we've thrown a few things up there. And it's... The media might think, oh, this is one player that's, you know, kicking up a stink about it because, you know, he caught, I, I believe he caught Tom Brown out. Not caught him out, but just... Oh, mate, he absolutely... Like, Jack called him out. Called like, him out, yeah. Like, and every he, single yeah, player so gave him a like yeah, and retweet. So like, it was you crazy. You see the big, the big dogs liking it and re- retweeting yeah. and stuff. Um, but I, if, if for Tom Brown to come back and act like that, I think it's mm. it just shows that the media think they can't be wrong. Yeah. So <clears throat> I've got nothing wrong with someone guessing something, but just say, like... I'm guessing, not yeah. like not. Don't have to use that word in yeah. terms of like I don't know, but this is what I've what I'm feeling. Yeah, I believe. Jack I believe. Will be I believe it'll be, it'll be fine. Like, and yeah. then, so the way that it works when when a player gets an injury in a game. Yeah. yeah so talk us through this. Yeah. Talk us through what happens. You go down with an injury on Saturday. Yeah. What's the process? Yeah. So if, say if I hurt my knee like Jack did, um, and he's ruled out for the game, I'd then go see the doctor after the game, um, and he would say, "Look, yeah, we're gonna get you a scan. They'll book it in pretty much a day or two later." Um, they'll see how you pull up the next day. We have an injury clinic. So every player who's had a niggle will go to the injury clinic. That's yep. usually for a couple hours. And the doctor will be there and he will assess everybody, yep. ranging from a cold to a yep. concussion test to any niggle that you yep. might have flagged after the game. Yep. So um, anything you've reported. Anything you report gets, after the game, checked. you have to rock up the next day no matter what. Um, from there, they'll talk to a specialist or surgeon, but obviously book you in for a scan first. Um, and then they'll get the scan and then the scan will be forwarded to the knee specialist or whatever the injury may be. And then they'll call the doctor. They'll have a discussion what, what it is and what's next. And the doctor will immediately call you. So for Tom Brown to foresee that um, he wasn't going to get surgery or any of that is a good guess. Yeah. Like yeah. Anyone can say that. So then the knee specialist would call our doctor and then he'll call us with what happens. So unless Tom Brown knew or spoke to the club doctor or the knee specialist, that's the only sources that you could have. And, I know very personally that clubs want to keep everything in-house and there's no way in hell that they would speak to a journal if they just called them up. So yeah, that's the way that's the way it works um, if you get an injury straight after the game. And I think that was on the Wednesday. Was it Wednesday night his game or Thursday night? Thursday uh, night. I think... I think uh, Wednesday or Thursday? I think Wednesday. It was a Wednesday night game and he had the scan at 3.30 on the Friday and yeah. Tom Brown put the tweet out at midday. So there's yeah. no way that he would have known what was going on. Yeah. So that's, that's where... Rewalt was obviously pissed off and he called him out, which yeah. is fair. And I think just cop it on the chin and move yeah. on. Like nothing's, he's not going to be, you know, crucified in the media or anything because yeah, yeah. he just took a punt. So so why now are players starting to call this out? Because I, I see both sides yeah. of the argument. Um, so I can see where both are coming from. 
but why are players now taking this stance? Because we've never seen it yeah. come to this stage. I think the players are given a bit more of a voice now. Um, obviously, with social media, we can use that as a platform to get our opinion out there. And when when someone throws something out at you and you know it's not true, you're going to reply. And I think clubs are lenient with that because obviously Richmond would have wouldn't have been happy that, that tweet came out as well, and then. They wouldn't have said anything to Jack about don't die. What would you do that? Delete that tweet or anything? They would have been like, yeah, fair enough. Like, yeah. it's not true. So why would you? Why would you not have a go at him about it? Yeah. Um, yeah. um, he's allowed to have his opinion, and he did. And I think a lot of the players were very happy about it. But everyone's everyone that I know is getting sick of no accountability from the media in the AFL. And you just got to go back in time. It doesn't matter what scenario it is. If the player's getting traded, I think I saw Trelaw talking about when he went through his trade. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, they were yeah, saying yeah. that he's meeting with clubs when he hadn't. Yeah, and so they're just kind of guessing what clubs he's speaking to. So yeah, um, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, because we're seeing we're seeing now that there is this belief from players that media organisations and journalists are prepared um, to go first, yeah. and not go right. Yeah, is that kind of what you're feeling um, to that well, extent? I, I think so. Look, there's a lot of great journalists out there, and Tom Brown probably is a great journalist. Mm. Um, He's Probably had the best year in. I'd say so. So he's, like he's up year. there. He's yeah. up there. So his credibility is up there. But yeah. if you get one wrong, just cop it on the chin. Like chin, yeah, a lot of you know, like I would be guessing too if I was him saying, "Look, Jack Rewald, I'm getting out there first. I'm going to say Jack Rewald doesn't need surgery. He could have been around the traps talking to a few knee specialists, saying, look, show some vision. What does this look like?'" He goes, "Oh, that you know, his PCO doesn't look that. He need surgery for that." Yeah. You throw that out there, and he also throws, "I don't know what the time frame is. I believe this is right." Um, and then. That kind of thing, kind of yeah. Opens it's an up update without an update. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of um, yeah. I'm getting out there first, and I'll, it yeah. doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, it's fifty fifty thing. So yeah, doesn't need surgery. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, and then he came back. Oh, I was right. Yeah. So that's what he in his head. I think he was a bit defensive, and it didn't look great. It looked like a bit of a you know. Oh yeah, it's it looked it, like a bit of a kid kid like yeah. fight, didn't it? I, I think what made the whole situation worse, and again, I don't know Tom, so yeah. this is this is me not. Um, I want to be careful, but I think it was the way that he responded yeah. to the criticism is probably what has amplified it a yeah. little bit more. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it's interesting, you know, it's interesting. And we're, we've never seen it like this. I mean, I, I look on with real interest, you know, having obviously been in the industry in, in that capacity and now looking at it with 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 more of an outside view. It, it is really interesting because players always tell me through Exclusive Insight and, and Gary as well that um, – they're seeking more opportunities to be able to control the narrative, yeah. if, if they, for, for a better word. And so this is a really great example of that. That's why um, podcasts are blowing up at the moment. And mm. a lot of players are getting into um, – you see players getting into media um, purely for the fact that they can use their voice. Um, for me personally, being able to have my opinion on things and I know how a lot of things work inside the AFL, um, and this is one of them that I know Tom Brown was wrong um, – Unless he spoke to the doctor or the knee specialist beforehand. Yeah. So that's the only way that he would know. So if that's yeah. his sources, then congratulations. He wouldn't know yeah. more than just he doesn't need surgery. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's um, As as we spoke about two weeks in a row, it's, it seemed to be um, a common thing happening. And it's a lot of players back Jack. Um, yeah. And we applaud him for coming out and doing that. So it just gives us more of an avenue to be able to, you know, call that shit when we say it. Yeah. And he couldn't have gone after a more experienced and more <laughs> exactly, respected exactly. person in the game. So, yeah. Um, yeah, good on him. Yeah, no, I don't mind that one. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we covered a little bit today. It's probably going to be a shorter episode, but I think that's not too bad because we've got to cover the points we want to talk about. But, mate, I think we're, I think we're going all right, the podcast. Mate, it, it is 
Funny how quick this podcast is rising up the iTunes rankings because I think we got to eight last week. Is well, that that's correct? That, that's what I physically saw with my own yeah. two eyes. But you can go yeah. up and go down pretty quick. So I'm saying well, obviously top ten. So all yeah. of our episodes have been top twenty. We've had a couple in top ten and yeah, we're getting a little bit of traction. It's good. I've got a couple of sponsors that I want to jump on board, but we're just yep. kind of just holding them at bay at the moment. See how we go. Just, but just trying to keep them, keep them, keep them. What what is it? What's the saying? True to mean, true to mean, keep them keen. That's 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 what we're trying yeah. to do. We're not doing it very well, yeah. but that's that's what. Um, it's been cool to see all the comments. So it's been it's yeah. been fun. People's podcast, lifting the lid, rip through it. Mitch Robinson, Sean Tobin. Thanks for tuning in, boys. See you next Thank week. Catch ya.